0: okay and the recording has started bismillah assalamu alaikum everyone i hope you're all well it's Yusuf. welcome back to another episode of supporting humanities podcast uh today we are talking about a very special topic and we're joined by a special guest the topic is mental health and food how did how did the it link how can we utilize it to get the most out of ourselves how can we see the part it plays uh you know amongst a whole other host of things that we can holistically use to better our mental health and to discuss that is someone that I've known for pretty much all my life, someone that I've grown up with, uh, it's Saeed who, um, you know, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let him introduce himself in a couple of words but all I can say is this man is an amazing chef, uh, I've worked with him before uh, in a hotel uh, that I worked at uh, and he's worked at several restaurants so we had to bring in someone that understood food pretty well and I think we've got that person right here, Said, assalamualaikum. alaikum.
1: Waalaikumussalam oh, wa rahmatullah I think there's one thing um, you're forgetting is that we actually ran a restaurant night together once um, in did. 2017 or 2018. That was um, we did. Yeah, that was good fun. In how, introduce myself. or oh, let's let's try. So um, I think if, if we're talking about the topic at hand today, I think the biggest thing to 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 say, which is introduction to myself, is between the ages of 17 and 18, I managed to healthily. Lose about 45 kilos mainly by focusing on eating habits, diet, and then um, a bit of exercise involved. But when it comes to really, I don't want to say obsessing in a bad way, but maybe potentially thinking about food in a more healthy way. I've I've done a lot of that in my life. But yeah, um, worked as a chef, wrote a cookbook with Yusuf, uh, um, really enjoy eating, and looking forward to getting into it. I think.
0: I mean, let's let's just go straight into it uh, of of what you just mentioned there when, you know, between the ages of 17 and 18. That's that's very impressive. And actually, I I like that you mentioned the word healthy there. It doesn't strictly link to mental health, but I think it it does in a way in the sense that a lot of people develop mental health issues and eating disorders through trying to be healthy. So let's talk about that for a minute. How how did you manage to lose weight and maintain a healthy lifestyle in, in a in a sustainable and healthy way?
1: I think i think first and most importantly is to say that I, I didn't i didn't i didn't achieve it straight away that healthy balance i became initially became obsessed with calories and um, i had really bad body dysmorphia at one point but that's just because i wasn't really appreciating the relationship between us and the food we eat um and i, I think cha- that when that changed that was that had a very positive kind of thing um but how did i do it I said, that's a good question i think I think one of them, I think as we, as we talk more today, one of the things we might talk about more is the idea of calorie density within foods. Um, And I think that's a really important kind of thing to talk about. Um, And I just, that's one one of the principles I kind of took into it is Mediterranean diet and calorie density and thinking about where are you getting your calories from, as opposed to just strictly counting calories, which also works, but has its downsides. Um, Yeah. I don't what? know. I, I feel like I want on a tangent. Maybe you want to re- ask me another question to get me back on track.
0: What, what, what do you mean when you say Mediterranean diet? um
1: Ensuring that they like you have every every colour on the plate. um Not always possible, but trying to get as, as much colour in your diet as possible, particularly um uh, particularly when it comes to fruits and vegetables. That's where you know every. I think if you think about it in terms of the more colours you have, the more different kinds of vitamins and, and nutrients you're getting. Um, that's a really easy way to think about what you're eating if everything you're eating is beige mm. just stop and think right and at the same time you shouldn't just be eating purely green things I think this idea of green foods are king yeah sure but there needs to be balance
0: yeah 100% I think it's, it's so true and and you know um, just looking into that a bit further I was I was reading into this sort of study about, you know, if you were to take the brain, uh, which is, you know, quite water dense, if you were to dry it out and, and actually study it and see what's, you know, what builds your brain, it's largely fat and healthy fats. And that comes from, you know, omega three, nuts, seeds, fatty fish, and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, when you see people destroying their health and destroying their brain, often that comes exactly like you said, when you reduce your diet to a beige diet, and, and that tends to be full of like trans fats, saturated uh, fats and, and, and that sort of thing it tends to damage your brain quite a lot that people don't realise, people actually don't realise the effect that, that good food actually has in your brain, don't you think?
1: 100% um, and I think, I think it's good healthy foods and also variety of foods, I think maybe it's not the case for everyone but I think the majority of people I know um, benefit from from eating a variety of different things, you know, I knew a guy at uni who was, mashallah, like the guy was very good shape but i remember talking to him and he said i am so bored of my diet um, it makes me not want to eat i said what do you eat he said well every day i go home and i have a sweet potato some broccoli and a pork chop and i think so i said to him every single day he said yes every single day i said well therein lies your issue there's no excitement from it and i think um i think I think keeping that variety going and making sure you're feeding both your body and your mind is a really important thing to remember um but yeah, no, I think 100% food and mental health is so such an un, such a not spoken about or or not recognised enough link, and I think people, more people need to recognise how important it is.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and of, and of course, just as a, I'm I'm sure it goes without saying, but just to say it anyway, um, this conversation is in no way aimed to to you know diminish other forms of treatment when it comes to our mental health. It's simply just a lifestyle thing, you know, where whatever. Form of treatment you you believe works for mental health, whether it's through medication um, or or therapy or something more holistic. Food is one thing that is really can be controlled by everyone. You know, everyone has to eat. It's not like we have a a choice in the opinion of the matter, and it's something that that is quite firmly grounded, even in science. So, you know, when um, I was reading up uh, on a a study that when compared to a placebo effect. people that had experienced levels of trauma after an earthquake uh, when they were on like a sort of micronutrient dense diet actually found that their trauma levels were reduced more when compared to those on a placebo effect which is really quite fascinating when you think about it just how much of an effect that this stuff can have on you don't you think
1: yeah 100% and I think sorry one second yeah 100% agree and I think um you know i guess i guess i've got a question for you is you know the idea of comfort food and i know we're talking about food and mental health and not necessarily talking about just healthy food but the idea of comfort food is a a perfect example of that and i guess i'm wondering what your comfort food is
0: Ooh, throwing it we're throwing it a different different way now i know
1: i know what mine is straight off the bat
0: okay go on tell me yours tell me yours
1: all day long bolognese bolognese all day long that's my comfort food Or there's an Egyptian, um, like, I guess call it soup or stew called ul-as. One of those two, all day long, comfort food, hands down. No questions asked.
0: Interesting. That's very interesting. I think my comfort food has to be a roast. I, I love a good roast. Oh. Um, you know. Which meat? Um, I like lamb. I do I, I do yeah. like lamb. I, I think it's because I don't really eat a lot of lamb. I eat mainly chicken in my day-to-day because it's easy to cook. Uh, but, you know, if you've got the time own out a nice lamb leg and, and, and roast it up with potato yeah. veg all the yeah, rest of it. Um, lots of lots of gravy uh that, that's that's my comfort food why, why why do you ask by the way
1: just because i i think the idea that we, we, we we're talking about the relationship between food and mental health um and um <laughs> making sure we're looking after ourselves is is the whole idea of comfort food it's you're looking after your emotions and and, and giving yourself that safety blanket through a meal um, and if that doesn't perfectly like typify what you, what can be achieved through food in terms of happiness, then I don't know what will.
0: I, I totally agree, and I think not to take it too deep, but like touching on a lot of these points that you mentioned, especially I, I like the, the the term you use, beige food, right, and that Mediterranean diet, and 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 these kind of terms. Um, it reminds me of something I read by Imam Ahmed bin Hanbal, rahim What he said was that, well, bear in mind, he was um living during a time where the world was becoming quite modernized um and he commented on the negative effects of urbanization you know uh and how it can affect you know the mindset of a person and their spirituality so even taking it on a deeper level right back in our parents grandparents not parents, grandparents generation i would say going back like you know quite a few decades if you wanted and and my some of my family members just got back from pakistan and they, and they were talking about how they still have fresh eggs and and fresh milk off the farm and it's like back in the day if the chicken didn't produce eggs okay you weren't having eggs for, for breakfast if the land didn't produce um you know vegetables etc you weren't having vegetables that day or you were having a particular type of vegetable for instance yeah whereas nowadays it's like if <laughs> if you can't find milk in your uh in your corner shop you'll just uber eats it um or you'll you know th- there's no relationship of uh sort of seeking after your food there's no reward or or failure aspect involved in it so not to take it too deep but i think one thing which actually helps me and my mental health is actually i i've even as basic as i have a small basil pot on my on my window so even if it wasn't for the fact that i have a garden to use i have a small basil pot on my on my window just watching it grow and being able to maintain it nurture it and then pick the leaves from that that gives me a relationship with my food which is very different to kind of just having everything on demand whenever I want it super processed you know and I think sometimes there's no harm in trying to go back to that route and I think that actually has a massive impact on, on personally on my mental health um I don't know if you I know you, you're into gardening as well so I don't know what you think
1: yeah 100% I think there is there is scientific links between growing and and, and happiness and I think I would encourage people to have a go at looking after a plant. The only plant I'm currently looking after is a cheese plant, but I love that bad boy.
0: Um, I've heard of that, you know,
1: Yeah, they're very really nice. Um, but, yeah, um, 100% agree that, that if you can grow something, you should. But I think what, what, you, you've touched on an interesting point to do with maybe the world and its relationship with food. And I think we speak about how everything is kind of on demand, but that's, A very western concept um especially i would i would call it like like a transatlantic concept so you know in france and italy they've got very proud food cultures where they are very focused on seasonality um even even in cyprus for example a lemon goes in a lot of the food they have but lemons obviously cannot be harvested all through the year so what they'll do is they'll actually store the lemons in a certain way in barrels full of sand so that they can stay fresh in the winter or not fresh they're available in the winter this is before now before greenhouses and stuff um and and still use that produce in the winter and i'm a big advocate of seasonality in food um i i'm I'm kind of against the idea that of of of, i'm not, not saying you shouldn't or that it's wrong or that it's immoral i wouldn't go that far but i would say the idea of eating a mango in december is not the one look at the food that's growing then because that's the time it's meant to be picked and it's coming from the ground in the way it's meant to be had and one it won't just make you feel it won't just taste better but knowing that you're eating something in its time i think has a certain for lack of a better phrase a certain magic about it and i think this is one of the things which when you when you talk to you about speaking to you today i was going to talk about is eat seasonally when possible and that's a that's a big big thing for me is is make sure you are obeying the laws of the land in a very i guess pre-modern kind of way that's that's, that's such a such way to say it. let me try and say it a better way i, I say more like a, 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 a try and gain an appreciation for what the land wants to give you in the time it wants to give it to you
0: yeah i, I totally agree and i i think there's a, there's a nature of like i think you appreciate and and it it The right food presents the right things for your health if that makes sense so when it comes to summer you have so much so much food that is so rich in water uh content where your body will lose a lot of water right and and in the autumn and winter months where it starts to get cold i often find especially from a foraging point of view or just farmers market or like a you know supermarket the mushroom season is quite plentiful and mushrooms are super high in, in in vitamin d um obviously where you've got the loss of sun which gives you so much vitamin d right it's almost like there's a you know like allah has put a cycle of of the way nature has a relationship with us and our mind right Uh, and our health which i think uh, i totally agree like you know um and and even on the topic of just bringing up foraging like one thing i i love to do is you know especially for my mental health keeping myself in in check and grounded especially like these days i'm in so so many meetings stuck online etc I love taking a break, heading down to my local park. You know, I'm based in Birmingham at, at the moment. So, you know, it's a very, you know, a nice sort of area that I'm in. We're just driving 10 minutes down the road, going to a park, having a walk and seeing anything that I can forage, even as basic as nettles, things like nettles. And if you look up cleavers uh, or a.k.a. sticky weed, um, stuff like that is actually hugely beneficial to you. And you can find it everywhere in the UK. And, and you know, when you think about the food that we eat and how much how many like pesticides etc have have gone into growing this food and and how dead that food actually is and and how the mileage of your food right how much it's traveled whereas if when I know when I forage locally that the ground is alive it's got bugs crawling all over it which is you know really helping the soil that 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 those nettles for example stinging nettles which everyone has definitely seen have more calcium than milk um and so basic stuff like that I, I know like you know as as someone um you know who's quite young and and isn't you know made of money that's a great uh, affordable way for me to try and get some good uh, nutrients in, in, into my body and i think it's quite underrated as well um i don't know if have you ever tried have you ever tried going out and foraging i think it has a double benefit of, of being outdoors as well as getting getting food
1: I, I i hate to say this but i haven't done much foraging i think the most i've ever done has been just basic mushroom stuff with, with, with people who know what they, what they're doing. I um, but I, I think that is something where I haven't done it, but I do hear a lot of positive things about foraging. And I know there's a, there's a woman I work with actually, who, who eats almost exclusively foraged foods and I can't lie, all the food she makes looks unreal. So, um, yeah, big, big shout to that. And I think, you know, the, the, the final point I'll make on seasonality, um, before this becomes a podcast episode about eating seasonal food is you know even the way um that, that certain foods are, are seasonal has become becomes part of culture so in egypt the, the season for apricots is very very short they can they come into the market there's loads of them and then they're gone mm-hmm. so when you want to say something is unlikely you say you'll do it in it mishmish, which means you know in the apricot which means basically hey. it, it it, it, it's not going to happen it's, it's it's unlikely because the okay. season's so short yeah, i don't know not, if that hap- yeah i don't know if that's true outside of egypt maybe it is but i can only really speak i'm, I'm, it. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> sure it is that's that's really interesting
0: actually and and actually i agree because you know what now that you've mentioned it like now that we're in like good you know we're in mango season now um alfonso
1: season now brother sorry it's alfonso season now come on
0: yeah, yeah, I was saying, we're, we're, in, we're in deep, you know, I'm seeing those, the, the honey mango sellers everywhere, right, in, in, in Birmingham, and I'm sure everywhere in London, etc, as well. Um, but, I, you know, so, Actually, and, and actually what's what's big about it as well is that because it's available for such a small, like, window, like, just in the summer, right, when I eat it, I just have instant memories of, like, Ramadan, of, like, uh, you know, being in the park, being in the sunshine, it makes me feel happy eating it, right, and I think that's a interesting... Relationship where your brain is almost conditioned to 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 trigger emotions when you when you eat certain things, 100%. and that only happens when you're eating in the right cycles, etc. So, yeah, that's actually a really actually a really good point um, that you've made. I mean,
1: My my dad always says that the smell of guavas makes him sad, and I I asked him why one day, and he said because it, 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 they come at the end of the summer, and as school starts again, and so for him, the smell of guavas always meant that school's starting. Well, wow, look at that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's 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 actually you know um I went to this is a long time ago now I went to Lush uh many years ago and they have this like sensory like kind of thing where you kind of walk through an experience. Anyway, at one part of it, there was um there was a scent where it was basically like a beach and it had a projector of like the sea and and uh, the story was that the person who invented this fragrance suffered from uh seasonal uh, depression and the smell of oranges triggered a really happy response in that person and it helped them get through the that seasonal depression and so the fragrance was just orange it was like complete citrus explosion citrus oil orange scent and just spraying it and I smelt and I was like wow that's, like a, re- that's a really fresh burst so yeah and, and again that only happens with season if 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 that person has eaten oranges all, all year round, and and they were always perfectly um available like during winter they might not have associated
1: yeah that so i think yeah stuff like really actually interesting. interestingly um in egypt the, the orange season is the winter um oh, I think it goes is. back to that whole yeah yeah i think i don't know i think it changed it on country to country but in the winters when you need a lot of the benefits from orange
0: wow that's really interesting that is really interesting um
1: anyway this-
0: so before we get stuck on seasonality should we should we move on yeah, I was going to say, because I could talk about this for a long time. So just to, just to wrap up, I think it's all fair and well talking about some of the benefits of these kind of things. But, um, you know, there's an element of privilege that kind of comes with it. With, well, that comes to mind for a lot of people. So let's talk about how we can take practical, accessible steps for people. What can people do to actually start living a life where the food that they eat is playing uh, uh, an important cog in the machine of achieving you know, uh, a healthy mind? So what kind of things can we do?
1: i think I think a lot of people um, look down especially especially on on in like food circles, on frozen vegetables. but I actually think that um frozen foods and I don't I don't mean like chicken nuggets here I mean frozen vegetables are a much cheaper way of eating vegetables where you're still getting a lot of those nutrients um and I think that's probably my first step is you know I was we all went to uni being at uni you're broke that's part of the uni experience I think I went through a lot of time eating or making the most out of frozen vegetables um I think also learning to learning to make food more interesting to yourself so we can take the example of of let's use frozen peas, um, because they're arguably they're one of the vegetables where you can say without a shadow of a doubt they're just as nutritious as frozen and, and, and not frozen. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to like sliced carrots and stuff, they argue that because it's sliced, you know, when you cut it, you lose some of those nutrients. Fine, whatever. But frozen peas, same same nutrients, frozen and fresh. If mm-hmm. you're if you're bored of eating peas that are just boiled, easier step: add a little bit of butter and salt. That's a really easy way. And and having a small amount of butter is not bad for you. Don't don't be scared of having those things because it takes a very small amount of butter to 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 um to, to, to add the flavor that you want. It, another step you could take is um cut up a small onion, fry the onion, and then add the piece of the onion and toss those together. There mm-hmm. we go. Some more peas. Or you can do a simple just peas, and if you want to keep it super healthy, boiled peas, cut up some mint, add the mint to the peas, spin that around in a bowl and you've got peas in a whole different way finally you can make some really nice um and I hate using this word but uh, because curry what does that mean but curries um with peas um uh, potato and peas uh, paneer and peas um all sorts of stuff with peas like frozen peas are cheap and you can do a lot of stuff with them like don't don't be afraid to experiment don't be afraid to get things wrong I I I know I've tried to make food and it's tasted awful, but the next time I tried to make the same thing, it tasted great because I learned from the food I made. Um, you, so I think uh, step one. So you like, Do you like peas by any chance? I, I just thought I used peas. I thought I use peas, <laughs> <laughs> I I say, I'd use peas like as whole, the classic
0: frozen food. We got a whole cookbook with the peas uh, recipes now. Which I, are don't amazing.
1: don't even try me. I w- I would I would write that and I'd write it tomorrow <laughs> if I was yeah, honestly. <laughs> but i think i think that, I think the point i'm trying to make is step one is um thing that eating healthily and in a positive way doesn't have to be expensive there are there are things you can do so um i think step one is think about frozen foods um i think about utilizing them in your food i think step two is if you are the kind of person who likes a lot of chicken and meat and stuff like that completely fine but instead of buying chicken breast all the time think about buying a whole chicken because actually there are far more nutrients in chicken thighs in the darker meat than there are in the breast. Mm. So if you, and, and actually you'll find out it works out cheaper when you buy a whole chicken. Buy the and, and something really simple you can do to make a chicken go a long way is, and when I was at uni, I did this, you buy a whole chicken, you can honestly just season it with salt and pepper. Don't let anyone say, oh, you're not seasoning your chicken and roast it. Roast it in the oven, take it out, take the skin off, pull all the meat off the bones because once it's cooked you can literally use your hands and pull everything off shred all of that together and actually once the chicken is shredded it goes a long long way and then you mm-hmm. can end up mixing that into stews you can mix that into soups you can mix that into whatever you want so it, it's a, it's about thinking about about doing things which on the surface seem more difficult but when you know what you're doing are just as easy as or even easier than frying a chicken breast I think putting putting chicken in an oven and doing something else and coming back forty five minutes later to an hour later is actually much easier than doing it on the hob, having to clean the hob afterwards because the oil spattered everywhere, and having to keep your eye on it and watching it and going, oh my mm-hmm. god, is this chicken cooked or not? That's I think
0: that's really really good tips, and I'm glad you covered that side of things because my tip was going to be um, it's actually an app that I I often use which is called Too Good To Go, and there's other things that are like that as well. But Too Good To Go is basically uh, um, an app that some cafes and restaurants uh, can opt into this service where if they have food that is, as it says on the tin, too good to go. So it's maybe the best before date is tomorrow, uh, you know, within the next 24 hours. Uh, They'll list it on this app and you can get a, uh, they call them magic bags. um, And and it's like a mystery bag sort of thing. And so uh, a good example is like Costa or Leon, for example, they're massive participators in in that. And you can pay like, I've paid before a fiver and got about 25 pounds worth of costa items and often like some of the stuff that i've got has been really healthy it's got it's, it's got loads of vegetables inside it and stuff like that um if you go to prep I've, I've been to i've, I've got one from prep before you just get a huge salad and you're getting it for next to nothing i'm paying five pounds for maybe 25 pounds worth of stuff which is a really great way so if you feel uh, too lazy to cook I think the frozen away is definitely amazing and also if you go to supermarkets you'll go to the I always go to the reduced section in the fridge and you can often get amazing veg for cheap uh, cost but at the same time if, you, if you're if you too uh, tired to cook for that day or you just don't want to I would use the app as well which is a really great way to kind of I suppose you're taking the takeaway side of things and you're making it healthy because often when you're feeling too tired to cook you'll just get a cheap pizza rather than getting a cheap pizza why don't you just pay the same cost and you could literally feed your entire family with one of these bags so that's another little tip that I'd like to to leave you guys with yeah um,
1: and i think actually i'm, I'm going to plus one that tip um and, and i once got 40 pounds worth of shopping for 10 pounds um, okay. if you're in i don't know i don't know if go I don't know if, I don't know if go puff is outside of london or not but if you're in london and you go and go puff um every day as you know throughout the day they'll do these things called go bags And that's a bag which is five pounds, and you easily have like ten to fifteen pounds worth of food in there. So I remember one day I ordered a Go bag, um, and they do like meat ones, vegetarian ones, and like they used to do pescatarian ones. I'm not sure if they still do. I haven't. I've actually done it done it for a while. But I ordered one, and I got. two bags of fresh noodles loads of stir-fry veg and a packet of prawns and I made like four portions of stir. that wasn't all I got by the way I also got bread and I got some pineapple juice I got all sorts of stuff but I made four portions of stir-fry and it was it was really nice because it was fresh egg noodles and I think it worked out about 50 pence a portion and that's including fresh prawns which I don't know know it's a very good deal basically like fresh prawns alone would cost you at least 50 pence a portion if not more and that's oh, go puff you said go, go puff, puff. g-o-p-u-f sponsor me <laughs> yeah <laughs> um
0: that's a really good one actually I want, I want to look into that and see if they if they deliver this far uh, up in the midlands but uh, uh look on that note um i you know thank you very much saith for, for joining us things are a really helpful conversation i really hope it does benefit even one person uh, with some of the tips that we've we've sort of discussed and um inshallah we'll see you on the next episode thank you all actually
1: could i before before we wrap up there's actually is there is actually and something i wanted to mention on on this is um um don't think about food too deeply i think that's my there's, there's two things i want to say one is don't think about food too deeply i have stuck been you know made myself stuck in that way don't get obsessed with calories um, eat what your body is telling you to eat and if you can find the time to do it meal prep will save you money save you time and ensure that you're eating well throughout the week um, and eating well is the trick to a happy mind honestly like the, if, if you can if you, if you can ignore everything i've said so far and listen to just that bit um, um because thinking about food is great thinking about it too much is very detrimental so just listen to your body and do what you do what you know is right because your body will tell you all the best stuff
0: Well, on that note, thank you all. And we'll see you next time, inshallah. Assalamualaikum.
1: Thanks.